Welcome to the Long-Term Care Chronicles podcast. This is part two of our conversation with Dean and Monique from the Dementia Society of Ottawa and Renfrew County. Do you know your organization offer training to um, caregivers um, and maybe to long-term care staff to be able to manage and to be able to cope um, with um, supporting someone with dementia? Wendy, mm-hmm. uh, I was wondering if I could jump back to yeah, the last yeah. question and just Absolutely. add one thing. Okay. Um, well, the supports available for the individual living with dementia in long-term care are can be limited. Um, I think there's lots of opportunity to grow. Uh, and, and, and in terms of what we were chatting before this uh, podcast mm-hmm. record uh, started to record, is we have many organizations just like our, ourselves have been putting out music sing-along uh, videos of um, familiar songs by local artists that they used to attend um, and and see and um, uh, art uh, classes that you can do uh, at your uh, what we're calling mm-hmm. on demand now. Yes, um, slow-looking activities. Of, of paintings from the National Art Gallery. Um, the, while these activities are a little bit more accessible to uh, someone living in the community, I mm. think there is there is opportunity to use them in in you know residential care or yeah. in in a facility. And the one example is recently the Queensway Carleton Hospital, which is a local hospital by us, uh, had mentioned that. Because of COVID, a number of uh, they've opened up a, a temporary floor at, at a hosp- at a hotel oh. um, for those waiting um, uh, who, for those who are deemed alternative level of care. Okay, and they reached out to let us know that that uh, our music sing along videos are are the most popular um, activity of the day, and that they were requesting that we could you know, have more of them. And, and that it was an, it was that one part of the day that brought some sparked some joy in the mm-hmm. residents. Um, so I think there is an opportunity there to, to bring more meaningful activities uh, while maintaining, you know, the COVID precautions. Yes. I, I also wanted, uh, wanted to mention really j- just a program that we're, just launching off the ground and what it is a little it, it's virtual respite okay so we're we're actually pairing a volunteer with a person living with dementia based on liked uh, um, liked activities and it's an opportunity for the person with dementia and the, and the volunteer to connect whether that's on a weekly basis or um, bi-weekly or monthly yeah. uh, over phone video call or however, maybe it's a written letter, mm-hmm. but to have a conversation. And the idea here is to give uh, caregivers a little bit of a break because um, even if you have someone living, um, even if you're supporting someone in long-term care, it can, you know, the the, the tasks that you have to do yes. to, to live your life and support someone in long-term care can be overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would love to see, uh, a program like virtual respite be more accessible to those uh, living in long-term care. Yes. Uh, yeah. I, I, but I think there's lots of opportunity um, 
to support people living in, in long-term care. Um, uh, and, and a little bit of a co collaboration between community programs and long-term yes. care. I think there is the opportunity there. Go ahead, Monique, you wanted to say something? Oh, I totally agree on what Dean is saying. And, and yes, I think um, there, we're in a time where we need to be very creative and um, to look at more to focus on, on, on the person um, and, and what is needed, not as much on the system sometimes. And because uh, we tend to, um, to, to narrow down how we see things, yeah. but we need to, to consult with those that are, are experiencing uh, the changes. And sometimes that's where the ideas come mm -hmm. from. And um, yeah, working in collaboration is key. Uh, because we're all uh, challenged with uh, different um, changes at all levels, uh, and here in Ottawa, uh, I think we're we're um, we have uh, good collaborations from many of our community members uh, um, at all levels, and it's just a matter of uh, finding uh, the resources and uh, and ways to to meet those needs. Well, I'm glad that you guys both mentioned about the collaboration because I think that's where things are going. This pandemic has definitely brought forth the fact that community involvement and long-term care involvement needs to be side by side. It cannot be seen as different silos um, where we have one stream for if you're in community and we have another stream if, if you're in long-term care. So that's um, great to see and to know that that is happening uh, for the collaboration piece uh, to be able to offer and to be able to support because um, the way that things are now, uh, definitely that's going to be something that will be driven forward. So I guess lastly, um, what I have here is, again, is probably going back to, I guess, the importance of the family caregiver being supported um, while they have somebody uh, in long-term care. And I know you've mentioned a, a couple of um, programs that you do offer. Is there anything else um, that, um, I guess, as your organization that you offer to support um, you know, family members uh, that do have somebody in, in uh, long-term care? Well, we definitely uh, provide ongoing one-on-one um, -on -one contact uh, to all of uh, our family members. Um, we also um, are linked with uh, other organizations, uh, memory clinics and so on. So, so this also helps others to realize the importance of uh, reaching out and, um, and, and to find the support they need. Um, one of the ways I think that uh, we can help the community to, to be more, um, to learn more about what we do is uh, this collaboration with community uh, members. Uh, it, it, we were talking earlier about training. How yes. can we help others to understand the importance of um, no understanding dementia and what's needed for the caregivers. And there's this um, uh, regional uh, and national um, uh, uh, movement. Uh, and it's this dementia friendly training that we're providing to uh, caregivers and staff. 
And this helps to understand what is dementia, how to communicate, how to support oneself uh, and family members through this journey, uh, how to best navigate the system also, um, and, and, to, uh, and, and to be aware of what's out there in the community. So having more of, of this um, concentrated information yeah. in the community will not only help support the caregiver through our support groups, but also training, uh, which is for me key and important. Absolutely. Yeah. I, Go ahead. Yeah, Dave. just just to echo that, it, it, like the, the dementia-friendly training, I was going to say that it, it, it is the perfect training for any caregiver. And it is our goal to, for any organization or individual uh, business, for everyone to be dementia-friendly trained. Um, and I know that, so we're doing that in Ottawa and Renfrew County. Uh, the Alzheimer's Society um, uh, in in your region, wherever you are, would be doing the same thing. So I would encourage you to reach out to receive that training. Uh, I'm, I'm an occupational therapist by, by background, by profession. I used to work in acute care yes. before coming to uh, the community and the Dementia Society. And I wish I had this dementia-friendly training. I think that it would have uh, helped equip me to be able to support um, and engage and communicate with the many people I worked with who are living with dementia. Um, so I would, uh, to echo my next point, I think that is, if, if, if we could do one small training to yeah. everyone in Canada, I would say it would be this one hour training of becoming dementia friendly. Um, yeah, absolutely. No, that I think is definitely needed because um, it, it it brings up on all the points that were mentioned today in terms of someone being able to recognize what to say. And then, of course, there is, um, I guess, movements within long-term care in terms of they're, tra they're changing how they change their approach to care in terms of making it more humanistic, more uh, applicable to the person that they are supporting in long-term care, as opposed to just being it so regimented and task-oriented, right? I mean, yes, they do have that, but as well to be able to have some sort of contact with that uh, particular individual, right? <laughs> in the dementia-friendly training, uh, you, we, you get into um, how the environment uh, influences someone with dementia okay. and that's something that I don't think we uh, that many people think about and so if you're in a long-term care home or any um, that is very institutionalized it, it could be that everything is the same color and as dementia progresses our ability to perceive things changes so we may not be able to tell where the door begins and the hallway begins mm -hmm. um, and then that may, maybe that causes some anxiety or um, uh, a different type of behavior. So we start to teach caregivers and staff about some modificate, simple modifications you can make to the environment to help support someone living with dementia to live well. Uh, this, the simple, the very vivid example that we often get um, talking to caregivers is, is, is like that black mat, uh, the black mat that you have at your door, uh, going in, in and out of your door or at a store. 
will someone living with dementia may um, not want to cross through that doorway? And after lots of trial and error conversation um, with us or figuring out on their own, but they start to realize, well, that black mat can be perceived as a black hole. So no wonder someone doesn't want to go through that doorway. Mm -hmm. um, so there's simple things about the environment and small changes could go a long way, like the lighting or the overhead paging um, in a long-term care home or in a hospital. Like that could be really confusing if um, to, and annoying to the, to someone with, full brain, like brain health or brain capacity. So there's lots of changes that I think uh, are, that there's lots of learnings that can come out of that dementia yeah. friendly training is what I wanted to, to mm -hmm. finish on. Absolutely. And the next point that I wanted to go uh, and to speak on is with this pandemic and with the lockout that has been experienced by many family members um, not being able to go into long-term care, what could that potentially, the behaviors of someone with dementia not being able to see their loved ones, um, what that could look like, whether that could be um, other types of depression, other types of behavior expressive, where um, the facility may not be able to cope without having to use pharmacological options available to them to be able to have that. Um, what would you, you know, indicate and, and to say for something like that? Well, I, th I think really what uh, COVID-19 uh, has has highlighted is that family members play such an important role in in people uh, in, in all every resident yeah. that lives in long-term care. Um, family members are 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 such an in integral and important part. Um, and if every family yeah. member went on strike, our healthcare system would collapse. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, but I think what you're what, what you're getting to is something that I recently read and, it, and in, it's a, it's a great advocacy organization called dementia advocacy, advocacy Canada is, is um, the term uh, con confinement syndrome. That's right. Um, and, and so I think, uh, you know, due to, due to isolation and being Im immobile um, some residents are, are experiencing this, this thing called confinement syndrome, um, and and it really looks like there is a decline in uh, in cognitive uh, abilities, and maybe there is some delirium, and that that makes total sense when you're yeah. in a room not interacting with the people that you typically interacted with. Um, there's uh, dehydration, malnutrition, um, loneliness, isolation, uh, physical and functional decline. Um, worsening personal expressions of, uh, of distress or responsive behaviors. Yeah. So uh, um, I think that, well, um, I, I would say that people in long-term care staff and healthcare providers are trying the best that they can. Yes. I think the, and that's important to recognize. And I think family members are, are, you know, willing and, uh, eager to jump into support. Um, and I think that what COVID has highlighted is that our system uh, is ready for some transformational change. Yes. Um, and it's not that people are want, have, have 
set this up on purpose. I think this is this is just highlighting. So um, I do want to like acknowledge the hard work all of the uh, staff members, um, um, personal support workers, uh, facility me members in long-term care. They're they're trying the best that they can, and I think that th we're at a great opportunity to change. Not a great opportunity. We have an opportunity to change for yeah. the better. Exactly. To not do the same old. And you're right. In terms of the staff that are there, I'm sure the, the stressors on them and what they're going through is definitely um, increased significantly with this pandemic. And then, of course, with the loss of not having those family members to come in and to kind of, as you said, you know, they were supporting the healthcare system in a uh, not so overt uh, manner, but it wasn't, you know, known as much as it is, you know, what the what COVID-19 has pretty much um, shown that it has. Yeah, I think that, you know, family members often like play a crucial role in feeding residents and helping them fall asleep and, and calming or supporting um, someone living with dementia. So, you know, one day they're there, one day they're not there. That's right. There's like, that's a big change. And we know that as Manik explained, what dementia is, you know, this disruption in routine has a significant impact um, in in people living with dementia. Family caregivers are like the glue mm -hmm. <laughs> holding the care team together. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So um, I guess in closing, I guess, you know, we have all of these different um, pieces and now we have to kind of put them all together. So going forward, that we'll be able to have, again, that collaboration, not just seeing everything as silos from just community and long-term care, but more of a collaboration between that. How can we use the resources of both to make and support um, that particular person in long-term care moving forward? Absolutely. And the, the the last training that I, I wanted to mention, and it helps kind of close this up, is yep. that, you know, some simple uh, infection prevention and control uh, training to yep. caregivers, uh, teaching them how to properly, properly don and doff uh, personal protective equipment or PPE that you're hearing in the news yes. every day, like that could be easily done as this pandemic drags on. And I think will drag on like yeah. we just we that is some simple training that we could provide and 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 it could help um, uh, allow caregivers, family members back into the long term care home whilst protecting themselves and the residents in long term care. Absolutely. And Monique, do you have any final um, thoughts? Yeah, well, I think right now, um, what I would add to this is having a good communication with staff, um, uh, just to know uh, that their their family member is well cared for and to recognize how, how hard staff is working and trying their best to provide the care the uh, residents need, uh, but also to to have this uh, ongoing um, uh, communication about uh, strategies that may have not have been shared in the past because the caregiver was present and was able to 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 provide that additional uh, care so just bits and pieces 
of, of information may, may help, help a great deal. Um, and um, not to be so hard on, on themselves too, uh, caregivers, because, because they cannot be there. It's, it's, it's out of our control. So it's to find those ways that will make a difference. Absolutely. Thank you both. Um, I really appreciate your time, both Dean and Monique. Thank you. Thank you so much. I really do appreciate it. Well, thank, uh, thank you, you, Wendy, for having us. Thank You're, you very much. You're welcome. For, for anyone uh, who's, who wants to connect to the Dementia Society, you can reach out. Uh, you can find us on uh, the internet at uh, www.dementiahelp.ca. Uh, you could give us a call at any time, uh, 613 523-4004 and find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you for listening to today's show. And if you have any feedback or suggestions for this or any other episode, please contact us on our social media at Twitter at Family Councils and at Facebook, Family Councils Collaborative Alliance. Thank you so much and hope you enjoyed this episode.